everybody. Welcome to Babs Buzz. Hope you're doing well, keeping busy, staying on top of your game. I was recently told I have game. Now, how cute is that? That's just freaking adorable. Um, I've missed you guys a lot. I know a lot of you are uh, busy, right? I don't have time to check the show out as soon as it comes out, which is fine. That's why my dear friend, Michael puts the post up and you guys can listen to it anytime you want. Please forgive me for not getting over to the forum. I have been beyond saturated with work. I had to close down one of our offices, a small satellite space that I used to keep for privacy purposes, but it was just cost prohibitive. So now I have a small office in my house, which is really fun, saves money. So the pressure's off. But what's so cool about it is um, it allows me a, a very high degree of privacy when I'm pitching, which I didn't realize could be very helpful when I'm speaking to different types of people. Um, it's interesting when you're on the phone and you're chatting with folks and you're listening to what they say, if there's a lot of um, white noise around, people talking, the copier, the water cooler, that kind of thing, which my office had, um, it's very distracting and you don't always get the appropriate buzz from the person you're talking to. And I found that I was missing out on some of the pitches, listening to the people talk back with me and explain to me what they were looking for and why. Some of their own internal passions, some of their own uh, little internal pulses, if you will, in chemistry, which I found very interesting when the room that I'm in is very quiet. So I really like that very much. It also presents a little bit of a challenge because uh, I, I stuttered a little bit in high school, not much, but some. Uh, and I, I have noticed it's come back a little because I can really hear myself speak. And uh, that comes in from time to time if I get a little nervous or I think my pitch is going on, for example, too long. Or if I think perhaps in their office, they're not in as private an area as I am. And they're distracted by the copy or the people coming in and out, FedEx and so on. But um, I'm enjoying that space. Uh, very much. As you know, I'm in my car a lot, you guys. I do a lot of driving. And uh, so I'm also pitching in the car a lot. But uh, my follow-up is done typically at the home base with uh, a variety of scripts that I have in different files. And I keep every client separated by file. Um, so that reorganization has helped me a lot because I've been able to look at some scripts that have been out there for a while that just really haven't found an audience or really someone to jump in and say, hey, I'll roll the dice on that. And it, it forces me, unfortunately, to examine them again. And I have to figure out what about them I fell in love with in the first place. And if I still love them, great. And if I don't, ah, c'est la vie. Au revoir, mon chéri. But as it happens, that's only happened with one script. And I love the concept, but the script just is not working. And that's bell ringer. It breaks my heart because that particular script, oh, my goodness, and that particular story is so extraordinary because it reaches into a very, very uh, private place for parents who put their kids in you know, public school and the risk that they take by dropping them off every day. And uh, really, uh, I, I think, too, as a feature, it could send a, a kind of an alarm, a, a positive alert, I should say, not a little, an alarm. That's a wrong word. Um, it To me... This, the story itself is, is very rich in how hard CIA agents work for zero glory, which is their job, but the type of persona that has to function in that vacuum. It's really, it really does come down to these people who do the work we never see, who get the chops and the props from their hierarchy that we never hear about. They rarely get it. They'll occasionally get an add a boy or an add a girl. But, you know, the toiling in the dark 
uh, at great risk to themselves, by the way. Most of them don't have a personal life. Many of them drink. There's a high divorce rate and so on. So that's why Bell Ringer appealed to me because the agent, uh, Crystal, the CIA agent who's in charge of this particular case, she just happens to be on call when something happens. And uh, it, it leads the, uh, we follow her down the rabbit hole. But it, the challenge with that particular script as we get into the second act is my, like many second acts, it just stalls. It gets stuck in the tall weeds and everybody goes, okay, how the hell are we going to unpack this? We really have to stay on point. And the point of the story was following the through line of the terrorist himself and why he decided to flip the way he did and why he flips back. It's really a good, it's a good concept, but it wasn't going. So which I'm, I'm spending some time with Robert. He's such a good sport. He's always down with the rewrite, you know, he can throw down with that. So reorganized in February, didn't do as much pitching, but I didn't really have to because the, the little pitching I did do uh, was bearing fruit for me. In short, uh, let's get to, so that was the catching up corner in the deals corner. Um, Wrote a deal for Craig Clyde. We have two going. The first one is, it's really fascinating how this came about. It was actually an ink tip lead. Um, the guy was asking for something very specific. You don't need the details. It's not important. But Craig Clyde said to me, I said, do you have anything like this? I don't even really know what he means, but you might. And he said, you know, I think I do. And let me tell you about reading scripts, the difference between reading great writing, good writing, Okay, writing and writing that just you can't close the, the, the PDF fast enough. I'm going to talk about the great stuff first. The great stuff is obvious. It sings to you right from page one. You know what's going on. You can hear it. You can see it. You can feel it. You're in. Good to great scripts have that from page one. Why? Because they are starting everything in the middle. The scenes are very short. They're very clipped. We get to know people very quickly. What does that mean? I'm so glad you asked me. It means that, the first of all, the writer knows a story. Hands down knows a story. Number one, number two, and this is critical, the writer's word choices are very, very important because he doesn't know who's going to read this. So he sends me the script and I open it up and I, I, I wheeze because it's 158 pages. I go, oh God in heaven. Really, Craig? You're, saying, you're a director. You should know better. Okay. This is how cool this guy is. And I have to tell you, I just adore him. He's a friend of the family. And he's, beco he's becoming even more of a friend as I get to know him and his wife. And her. But as it happens, I'm sitting in my car. I was killing time doing something. I was waiting for an appointment or something like that. And I had my nook with me. And I, I figured, okay, let me bust this open. Let me get through it if I can. Before I knew it, before I knew it, I was on page 20. And I look at the page count and I go, oh, my gosh, that's great writing. It's not Hemingway. It's not Stephen um, uh, King. It's not uh, Vince Flynn. Thank you, Michael. I finally got that poor man's name right. Rest in peace. It's not Lee Childs. It's, it is Craig Clyde starting every scene mid-scene. He said to me, Barbara, everything to me is Downton Abbey. I think Downton Abbey's brilliant. He loves Downton Abbey. He said everything is a minute long. It's very short. It's very clipped. You get everything. That is wordsmithing. That is, you picture yourself sort of over an anvil with these glasses on and a, you know, blowtorch and, you know, you're blowing through your script and you're firing it up and you're, you're honing that script down, 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 down. Stop overwriting. Oh my gosh. Too many words, too many notes, Amadeus, too many notes. So we wrote a deal for him based on that script. It, it ended up being a sample. This is the story anyway. So I digress to make the, the point. I send the sample into this producer. He's, he's in Beverly Hills. He's, a, he's, a, he's got some mojo. And, um, Nice man. I talked to him on the phone. I said, listen, we don't really do spec deals with a writer of this caliber. He said, let me tell you why you should reconsider that position, Babs. And I did. 
So he talked me in off the ledge. So I talked my client in off the ledge. My client sends in a sample. Oh, by the way, 12 pages, read it in a, a matter of, um, and I forgot to tell you guys, I have terrible allergies today. So if I sneeze, forgive me. I, uh, it's really bad here in Sacramento. I read 12 pages and lo and behold, I read it so quickly. I can't even believe it. So now I'm hooked and I go, <coughs> excuse me. I go, Craig, where is this going? And he, he says, I'm not going to tell you. I said, if you make me cry at the end of this, I'm going to be very put out. So I don't mind crying, but it better have an ap- a happy ending. I'm not going to tell you guys what it's about. But the long and short of it is, that's what reading is for people like me who read, read, read all day. It has to move at a serious clip. I mean, it just has to. Um, Pia is very good at setting up scenes quickly. Uh, uh, um, Jason is exceptional at it. I, I find, and this... Ed told me this a million years ago. You're going to find some of the best directors make some of the best writers. So in the deals corner, we got one for Craig Clyde. So yeah, yes, he's flying down. In fact, he flew down to Beverly uh, to LA yesterday meeting in Beverly Hills. And it could be in the forepart of Beverly Hills for all I know. I don't know. But uh, these are really nice people. Very professional. Lots of mojo, as I said. And we wish him luck. Yay for that. Um, he's doing that job. And that's a nice budget. That's up there. This will be one of my better budgets uh, this year. And he's got another feature funding in Mexico. This is an interesting thing. Tell me that you're listening. As it happens, if I sell this particular script to this particular producer because it's only going to be shot in Spanish and only filmed in Mexico for a Mexican audience, we are allowed to change the character names, the title, and a couple of the plot beats and resell it under another name. Now, how cool is that? What I call Doubleman Gum right there. So we've got that second one. So Craig Clyde has always uh, helped keep my doors open and helped me float other writers like Pia, like Jason. Uh, Craig Saban doesn't need any help from me. He just, what Jason, what Craig... Saban needs is a champion, just like my other writers do. So, uh, you know, they just need lightning to strike. And we're waiting, Lords. And we do need Raid in Sacramento. So pray for that, too. Um, in the, hey, got any money to throw around corner? I'm looking for five million bucks. If you know anybody that's got it, don't laugh too loud, please. I'm being serious. I am not a producer. I don't package. But I happen to be dealing with a sports agent who's very big. And one of his star professional athletes is very big. And we have a script that the star will that this this particular athlete can star in, but we need five million to do it, which means we need a million in for escrow, and we need um, a letter of intent from this particular writer once we get the million in, and then the other four needs to follow. Distribution will not even be an issue because I know exactly where to take it. Jason will handle all the particulars, but it's Jason Bortz's uh, script submission. It's extraordinary. It also has a phenomenal star-making role for a female. Uh, a supporting player that is exceptional. And this is not, this is not Rocky. This is very, uh, I adored Rocky. And I don't say that disparagingly. What I'm saying is that this is a different kind of fighter script. And uh, I did see the fighter with Mark Wahlberg. Fantastic. So if anybody knows 5 million, they want to throw around, you're talking to a banker or a doctor, lawyer, Indian chief, shoot me an email. Of course I will vet him or her. Um, uh, Michael is going to send you guys a link today regarding a public domain. I'm not going to get into the tall weeds of it. Just look it up, read about it. It's very, the link is good. It brings me to, I was talking to an associate of mine. Her name is Katie. She's a salesperson like me. And she's not an agent though. She's a, she does something altogether different, but she was telling me about a book called, um, Dewitched, which brings me to thinking about public domain and people saying to me, I don't know what to write about. Well, Public domain it should be your best friend because the more you get to know public domain, you can find a, a B character and rock that B character up. My example, I may have mentioned this in the past, is the drummer boy. I could just see this kid in a town 
with his family and what his life is like and how he stumbles upon this drum, whatever the inciting incident is. And then he hears a rumor and he chases down this rumor. And this becomes sort of his treasure hunt. It's sort of his Raiders of the Lost Ark. He's not looking for the Ark. He's looking to find this person that's supposedly the Messiah. So uh, to me, that would be an amazing Christmas story. It's out there being, uh, you know, waiting to be written by someone. You could do it 90 pages in a heartbeat. The budget would be, hello, how cheap would it be? We're talking about a barn, a road, some trees. Seriously, anybody want to do that, throw that my way. I'll read that without coverage, but it's got to be 90 pages. It's got to be crisp and it's got to be great. Um, and I'll run that. I'll take that out there a hundred times and twice on Sunday. So, but what the point, the reason why I bring that up is most of the time, what I'm hearing and seeing now is a very, uh, sort of what I'll call inverted creativity that, uh, Katie brought up the book Dewitched, which is the story of how the queen became the queen, the snow white queen. I thought that was just so be- If somebody pitched me that I would be on that like a hooker on a 20. I mean, that whole idea of how people became the way they did this business of the prequel for Raiders of the Lost Ark which was done in the you know the 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 third one sort of I thought that was just beyond clever I wanted to actually get to know that kid and that's probably going to happen a little bit more you're going to start seeing that so if I'm you number why did I say that I said all that to say this you guys get to know public domain It'll stimulate creativity because you're all talented writers and you're all out there chomping at the bit trying to think of something to write. And Dina did this with the fa- you know, the, the, the little fairy, right? The, 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 she took a lithograph that I told her and she wrote, all right, so you go there and you you, you sort of visit this kind of prequel mentality. But remember, you can't do what this guy did to me this week. This guy pitched me uh, who Captain Kirk was while he was a teenager or something like that. And I said, dude, who gave you permission to write this? He said, well, you know, it's okay because I said, no, it's not. Because if you start shopping this and you try to make money off this, you can get into a world of hurt. They can give you a cease and desist and they'll put it in writing and it won't be pretty. So don't go there. Okay. That use, that's why I want you to get. So in other words, when you're building the house, put down the foundation. In this case, your foundation has a public domain. Uh, so yeah, so the prequel. So Dewitched is this business of the untold queen. It's by El Sarnoff, El Sarnoff. Um, I ordered it on Kindle. I'm going to read it. I hear it's very clever. I'm really excited about it here. It's very funny. I am going to, this is going to be slightly shorter show because I'm at the mercy of my allergies, as I told you, and I don't want to cough and sneeze through this whole thing. So I'm buying time right now. So Michael, we're looking good. It looks like I got another 10 minutes. Um, I want to talk about um, a a, a film that I get a lot of requests for 15. Thank you, Michael. You're so adorable. I just want to pinch your cheek. Um, I get requests for thrillers all the time. And I, I saw Drive, and I absolutely loved it. Now, I'm going to say this uh, sort of as a, a green person watching this movie on television for the first time. I loved the fact that the profanity was bleeped out. Now, that could be for a couple of reasons. Number one, my hypersensitivity profanity is is really it's a drag and i think you guys may not i I may not have told you this but i'll tell you this and you may understand a little bit it's got very little to do with the fact that i'm a christian although that's a part of it the reason why profanity is so ugly to me is people that i deal with in this business many of them not all i'd say a solid 75 percent of them curse you can't even every other word is the f-bomb or s or the it is so disgusting 
the F word is in every other word. It's as if you may hear teenagers nowadays, they use the word like a lot. It's like, you know, she like totally like, I'm so sure like totally. And then I'm like, and she's like, and you know, we're all like that tick. I, I actually was talking to my sister on the phone and not to embarrass her because you don't know her. So it won't matter. But I said to her, Lord, do you realize every other word you've said in the last three sentences has had the word like in it? She said, I know. Don't tell me. I know. I picked it up from my kids. I'm working on it. I said, well, just slow down. Try as if or as though, but you know, change it up a little bit. I also use the word like on occasion, but I say that to say this, the way they say like these teenagers, this is how people, I, it is very difficult to me to get through a conversation with someone that I'm talking to who's a professional. And I don't know how much money they're pulling down. They may be pulling down $10 an hour. There's nothing wrong with that. Or they may be pulling down millions. But to them, the F word is there's so much anger and rage behind it that it's so off-putting that I have to completely focus on the content of what they're saying. I have to weed through all that. Now, I'm good at it. I'm an exceptional listener. I hear everything. I don't miss a beat. It's rare that I miss a beat. However, it's challenging. So I watch Drive on television. And you can kind of hear and see where they, you know, bleep it out. I didn't miss one. It added nothing to the characters. Not like Tony Soprano. It's a whole different thing. It took nothing away from the intensity. What does that speak to? Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you asked me that. It speaks to brilliant directing, brilliant staging, brilliant writing, and brilliant performances. And if you want to hear that again, just click rewind. I have to tell you, I was so impressed with Ryan. Now, I like him anyway. To me, he can do no wrong. I would put him anywhere. This guy can play a flaming, gorgeous homosexual. He could play Shakespeare. His range is so wide. Why? Because film is all about eyes. You know, theater is from the feet up. It's, you know, ah, Broadway. I've told you this before. It Broadway and, and the theater is very much the whole body. You look, you see the whole body at one moment. It's very 3D. It's actually 3D. It's the only real 3D. It's called life. Okay, television, waist up. From the waist up, you're pretty much rocking and roll. Unless it's a sight gag and they, you know, whatever. Uh, that happens on Big Bang a lot, which I really like. It's cute. They do a lot of theatrical stuff. Um, but uh, film is eyes. It's all about the eyes. I've, I've mentioned this in the bit. Well, Ryan just, he just, I, the guy, oh my gosh, he just totally sold it. Not to mention the young lady, Irene. I can't recall her, her name. Michael will find it for me when he pulls up his notes. But the young lady who played the um, the flirty love interest. I, love is probably not the best word for this particular arc because it never got there. But uh, in many ways, it was a friendship that was just so... She, her face, she so often, the director depicted her, at least to me, as if she was a little deer in the forest, just kind of watching everything. You know, her 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 entire face. Of, what does that mean when it comes to writing? Oh, I'm so glad you're hanging in there with me, even with my allergies. What that means is, now, I don't know what the script looked like. I Hopefully one of you can find it for me. But I'll tell you this. Every scene was tight. And most scenes were pictures. Let me say that again. 
your job as a screenwriter is to write a story with pictures, not with all this voiceover dialogue, talk, 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 unless it's, unless it's something like Descendants where it's really pertinent to the backstory so that it could fill you on, in on the characters as they're meeting. But Drive, to me, was so te- – I, I could not stop watching this feature. It was very difficult for me. And, you know, television, you get up, you make a sandwich, you do this, you take a breath. It was very hard for me to stop and run to the restroom because I was afraid I was going to miss something when I came back. This director, he totally gets my props in every way, shape, and form. I completely love the feature. Albert Brooks was just freaking Michael Medved was right. His performance was great. The delivery in Act 1, the promise of the premise was so tight. That is your job. Oh, Carrie Mulligan. Thank you, Michael. You're so cute. The promise of the premise is delivered. What? We got a driver. He's in a jam. He's going to go through it. He's going to get out. But we get a change up, which is really cool, in the B story with the mom and that freak husband. Who's? I love the way everybody played against type in the beginning. It was so awesome. It was just, it, it had a very interesting um, urban thriller feel to it. But you'll notice as, as it was edited together, and the editor, whoever edited this, I mean, oh my God, I want to sh- shake he- her or his hand because the dexterity to get that story told correctly with these specific pictures that the director, the performances the director got out, oh man, it was just terrific. So I could see why a lot of people wanted screenplays like Drive, but that speaks to story, not not all this mishigas on the page that makes you hysterical when you read it, you just go, where is the story in all this? How am I going to unpack this? And then, so the B story comes through loud and clear and the change up and, and the serve at the end, it was just a home run. I just love the fact that you see the shadow on the concrete. That's direct. Now that's a director thing. A writer probably wouldn't do that. You see shadows falling. on. That probably wouldn't be you. That, that more than likely was a director's interpretation and the director of photography. And maybe they had, they talked about ideas. I recently listened to an interview about the guy who wrote Noah. And he made a very good point. I hope you're listening to this. This is important. I don't care how close to the Bible it is. That's irrelevant to me. If it gets people talking about God, I'm a happy camper. If you don't believe in God and you love the story, I'm even happier. Good for you. Mazel tov. But here's what I say. He said to us in the audience, if you read the Bible, Noah really didn't say anything. He didn't. He just followed God's instruction and did it. Now, you can't ha- really have a movie like that without somebody speaking, he said. So we had to put words in Noah's mouth. So they took the, t- you know, 10 years of developing this thing. So don't scream at me when you got to do, you know, eight or nine drafts. It, I don't want to hear it. Uh, Jason did a script called The Gemini. He wrote it with Kevin Haskin. Uh, you know, Jason rewrote it. It's a, it was a collaborative effort, but you could really feel Jason's voice on it. It's obvious. But this Gemini, to me, could be another drive. The drama and the intensity in Gemini is so rich. I can't believe that I'm sitting on it still not sold. I, I can't get over the fact that I can't get this friggin' script sold. The ending alone was worth the price of admission. And I did not see the ending coming at all. I was beyond delighted when I read the Gemini. Um, and Jason, I called Jason and I said, you son of a gun. He said, you like that, huh? He said, very much. And, but it's very hard for folks when I pitch them to see the brilliance of it. And so my question for you, my audience, is this. Would you have passed on Drive if you only read the script? Because I have to tell you, I would not have, I've told you this in the past, I would never have given a green light to Hangover. I could see why it got green lit. And I wasn't in the pitch room. So there's a lot I don't know. 
and I'm not, you know, one of those mogul agents that can, you know, I can pitch like thunder and lightning. I just know when I'm in love with story and I sit with you face to face and I know my characters in that story for my client, I'm going to knock it out of the park. Whether you want to buy it or not, whether you want to shoot it or not, that's your business. But I could tell you straight up, every script I have, every single one of them would make money for whoever, whomever decided to do them. That's how I decide what I'm going to run with. That's my, that's my plumb line. I have a couple of scripts that are not, you know, gangbusters in terms of dollar return, but I can tell you straight up, they'd all make money. They would all make money or I won't really bother with them. Oh, I got five minutes. I can't believe how time flies, Michael. So, uh, so how it looked, the series of, you know what this director did? You guys probably saw it. You can comment on, you can comment on it on the thread. It looked like a series of stills and that when you want a scene to be tense, as Wes Craven, I believe, said, you slow everything way down. It's counterintuitive, right? How it felt to me, it was tense. The, the director, was he just slowed those sh- It was extremely deliberate. The music that they used, it was sparse. I didn't even notice it really, which I love. Underscore can be, there's a couple of features that I've seen on TV. And, you know, the, the, the music just is, it's beyond intrusive. But the performances, you know, that kind of thriller is killer. It's a story told in pictures. Because all too often I get stuff that's just saturated with, you know, we see, we hear. I want to like the character from Jump. It's a guy I got to be interested in. So in closing, I will say that, if you guys can find uh, Drive, I'd love to read it. Uh, I, I, I'm not ever embarrassed to say I'm behind the curve on something because I'm really not. Just because I wasn't hip to Drive back then when it came out, I heard about it. And I heard about it because of Michael Medved because he couldn't believe how terrific Albert, Albert Brooks was, which he was. He played a villain really well because Albert Brooks is hilarious. But uh, the truth is I'm so caught up in the moment that a lot of what's going on in Hollywood and box office, I can't often... I can't really focus too much on that when it comes to how I discern the scripts I'm going to go out with. And that's why you guys always need ink tip. You don't put the script up, but put the synop up in the log line. Just don't put the script up. There's no point to it. Vet everybody first. Uh, Tracking board, same deal. Use your head. Be very careful. And other sites, always the same thing. Pia will tell you firsthand, you got to be careful with what you go wide with because you never know where your stuff is going to end up. So use your head. Um, thank you so much for being in my audience today. I am sorry that this is a slightly short, so, shorter show than usual. I'm, as I said, fighting the sniffles, but really, um, it, it's so good to be here and, and be talking to you guys and, and, uh, seeing what you're putting on the thread and reading the stuff that you're doing. I really do need a lot of material. So please think about what I told you about prequels and the drum boy. If anybody writes that, I'd be happy to read it. I am also looking for a spec writer who can write something along the line of the opposite of the Avengers. And um, I can't elaborate uh, on the show because you have to sign a release for this. It's a spec job, but it's a very hard gig and it will pay nothing and it may never sell, but it's a story and a concept that I'm I'm very fond of and I'd very much like to see it done. So uh, if you are interested in that and you are willing to sign a release, I will talk to you first uh, via uh, email, of course, and then we can go from there. Michael, good to hear you again. Good to see you again. Glad you're out there smiling, and this is a very good thing, and it's springtime, so yay, kiss, kiss, hug, hug. Um, thank you for all of you for being my fans out there. I know our audience is not large, but uh, when it comes to heart, I wouldn't trade you guys for anything in the world. You're the best audience on the planet, 
And uh, I do hope we grow a little. So Facebook us if you like. Uh, tweet if you like. That would be uh, very cool too. Invite uh, people to join us. Explain to them that I am not a soft sell. So just because they hear the you know the show, that's good. But uh, my, in fact, my parameters for pitching and my discernment with reading has gotten actually a lot more critical because I've learned a lot more in the last year. And you guys have been witness to that, but you guys have too, right? Say yes. You guys have all been there learning and upping your game. This is Babs for Babs Buzz. Thanking you from the bottom of my heart for being there. I am here for you as long as I can do this. And I want you to remember as you're writing and rewriting that remember everybody's rewriting. But you must, must, must live your life. So go out there and do it. Peace. Thank you.